record. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, oh, that's good, huh? Oh. Uh, last night was our anniversary, and my mom treated us to a wonderful meal, long distance, but uh, it was a little overserved. So the coffee tastes good this morning. Today is Thursday, January 28th. 2021, almost done with January. Uh, I'm trying this new thing. That's what I was doing at the beginning of the live video there. I had a double start uh, because I forgot to hit record on the recording part of it on the laptop for the podcast part. But I'm putting a sticky note across the bottom of the phone so that I don't see comments from people. Oh, but now the sticky fell. Damn it. I'm going to have to come up with some other method. <laughs> it was a good idea. But I've since discovered that uh, I can zoom in on the phone. Because when I touched this, it did that. We'll see if it stays. It might not. It's clearly not going to want to stay. But um, one of the unpleasant side effects of Instagram Live is there are creepazoids who come in. And they... they send me messages and they ask to join the live video and they are always men. I know that you guys are shocked, shocked. I say to hear this, but they are men and they do things like sending me heart eyes and, and they say creepy things to me and it's distracting and annoying and I don't like it. I'm trying, so I'm trying to figure out a way to not see it. So I thought maybe if I cover it up, but clearly I'm going to have to figure out some other way to uh, change that, to cover that up. That'll stick. But a work in progress, as, as are we all. Thank you all for the good wishes on the anniversary. Uh, a lot of you messaged me across various media. And thank you very much. Uh, 30 years is, um, it's amazing. It's funny because for our 25th anniversary, I'd had this idea that we would be, uh, rich enough, <laughs> wealthy enough that we could have a party somewhere. Um, I was thinking like someone somewhere wonderful, like St. John, and that we would fly in the, the kids and grandkids and have a big family party. Um, and that did not come to pass. And I'd had some idea that maybe by our 30th anniversary, that would be the case, but that also not only are we not wealthy enough to do that, um, uh, it was a global pandemic. So, um, let's shoot for 35 and crossing our fingers <laughs> that things are, uh, I don't know. We shall see, right? We shall see. Um, I do try to remember to uh, give thanks for the level of wealth that we do have. Um, we might not be able to buy a private island, but we also enjoy a very nice life. So let's see. What was I going to tell you guys? 
Oh, earrings. That was it. So today's earrings, again, are mismatched. We're sort of in the row of the single earring pairs. Uh, several of you commented that you do have some single earrings, but mostly only if they're studs. And yeah, I know. I'm, I'm weird. So this one on this side is a little dream catcher earring. Isn't that neat? Uh, for those not familiar, this is a, a Native American thing, I think. I always thought it was Native American. I, I'm pretty sure that's where it comes from. Um, I know that in the Western U.S. and Southwest, you see these a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's a little tiny dream catcher, which is meant to collect bad energy in the net and keep your uh, mind clear. So I was sorry that I lost the other one of this, but at the same time, I kind of feel like it's appropriate to wear just one dream catcher earring. And then here is another gold dangly earring that has seen better days. And I did like having two of them. This is another one that it's like two long ovals, one smaller one inside the over, other with a red bead at the top, kind of a heavy brass. Um, and this is an earring that my writer friend Siobhan Kelly brought me um, back in the day from Spain. I think it was Spain. She went on a writing retreat and that was like, well, I wish I could remember the name of it. I kind of been thinking about it since I got this earring out to wash it and I was going to try to look it up, but then I'm not even sure how to look it up. I think it began with an M. Um, but it was like on a, on a mountain, on a mountain in Spain. And it was like a, a former monastery or a current monastery or something. Anyway, it was a really cool deal, but it was one of those deals where you, you had to apply to get in, right? You know, you had to pass muster and be chosen, but then you also had to pay to get there. Um, I think that her board there was free. I think she got to stay there for free and they fed her, which is usually how writing retreats work. Uh, but, or not writing retreats. What am I thinking of? There's a word. There is a word for what I'm thinking of. I did it. You cross. I did one at you cross foundation and you go and you stay. The word is escaping me. Uh, it is, and, and this is how they all work, where, you know, like you, there's a juried selection and it's honor to be chosen and you go and you get to stay there for free. Uh, there are some writers who would like go from one of these to another that this was, they actually wouldn't have a permanent place to live, but they would do like visiting, you know, be a visiting writer at a university and then they would go stay at one of these. Ugh, now it's going to bug me. All right, let's see if I can look up like you, you cross foundation. What do they call it? You cross, you cr which is in um, a residency, a writer's residency. Uh, I did the one in you cross, which was in Northern Wyoming. And that was when I lived in Southern Wyoming. And it was, it was an amazing experience. It was one of the best experiences of my life. And I highly recommend it to that kind of thing to any sort of aspiring writer because, or mid-level, advanced, whatever, because in my young 
life in particular, when I first got that residency, lo these many years ago, oh, best beloved, um, I think we're talking, I, it was mid-90s, yeah, but I went and stayed for two weeks, two full weeks, and they gave me, um, I had a studio, this amazing studio to work in that had like a little back patio. It was a former ranch and they had converted it. And there were other writers there, but also printmakers and a musician and a photographer. And we all had our separate studios and we each had our own bedroom. And breakfast was on our own. They had like this fully equipped kitchen that was in another building and we could go you know, over there and make our breakfast, make coffee and stuff. And we also had um, a little kitchenette thing in our studio, so we didn't have to leave to do that. Little free mini fridge and stuff. And then in the evening, there was a dinner, and they had a gourmet chef cook dinner for us. And we would all sit around a big table and talk about what we'd done that day. And there was even a great big dictionary in one corner of the room because they clearly knew what sort of people they were dealing with. Because And we were looking stuff up. This was in the days before Google, and we did not have um, smartphones. Yeah, we didn't have smartphones yet. And there was, um, there was a landline that you could call out on. But otherwise, you were pretty, you know, it was like no, no other input. And for lunch... Lunch was almost the best part because they would make you a little gourmet lunch and put it in a, in a bag and a person would bring it and leave it outside your studio door, but they would bring it and they would leave it really, really, really quietly. So they would sneak up in there and leave it because they didn't want to disturb you. Nobody would disturb your work. And so this is a phenomenal experience for any kind of creative because they treated us like what we were doing was really important. Like we were, you know, and we would joke, you know, they treated us like we were curing cancer. And that was the first time for me that anybody introduced me first as a writer. And when I got there, they took me around and introduced me to the other residents and to the staff. You know, I said, this is Jeffy Kennedy. She's a writer. And that's, that's an amazing thing, especially when you're beginning because you don't tell people that. You, you tell people like whatever your day job is and if you even confess to being a writer at all, right? So, so that was wonderful. The, the downside of this is that you had to pay your own travel. So that was part of the reason that I did my two weeks in U-Cross. Some of the residents would go and stay for two months. Like I was saying, this was how they would sort of fund their lives, that they would go from residency to residency. I know the word now. Uh, or, you know, various visiting professorships at universities and that kind of thing. I I had a home, <laughs> a home and a life, and that I felt like, uh, and a job a full-time job. And I, I did, I had to take two weeks off or wanted to take two weeks off, but you know, when, depending on what your life is like, you know, that was like vacation time that I took to go and do that. And it was well worth it. And I was able to drive up there and that wasn't expensive, but to do stuff like to go on these cruises, you know, like sometimes I've been invited to do a few of those, like go on these 
writers' cruises back in the day when we could do those things. And, you know, you have to pay your way. And that's like, it's a nice business for some of those things. Like some of these cruises I've been invited to do, it's like, I it would be the same as me paying to go on a cruise. <laughs> it's like, if I was going to go on a cruise, I think I would just like go on pure vacation and, and not pretend that it was a writer thing. The difference is, is you can write it off your taxes. So that is a big difference. But um, yeah, when my friend Siobhan went to that one in Spain, she may have gotten a travel stipend, but still it was, um, I remember thinking at the time that uh, having the same thought that if I was going to pay to travel to Spain, that I would want to take my husband with me and that I would want to be able to do vacation type things while I'm there. And she did tour around and she went and she bought me these earrings. That was very sweet of her. So let's see. The advantage of having the sticky note across the bottom of the phone is that um, I do have some notes on there so I don't have to be thinking stuff up. Uh, the, I've started in on the draft of the Sorceress Queen, Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue, which I need to practice saying. Uh, that's coming along pretty well. Yes, Jack and Stella's story. It's fun seeing the reviews of book one of Golden Griffin uh, because I'm hearing people saying, I hope Jack and Stella's next. And yes, indeed. I've, I thought I had cued that appropriately. Um, and yeah, it, it's coming along. It's coming along, coming along just fine. Things will happen. <laughs> uh, it is funny though, having a new release, especially a self-published one. I'm noticing this more and more is that I'm getting hit up to, to pay for promo. Uh, especially on Instagram and with from people from other countries, uh, which isn't bad in, of, in and of itself, but I'm noticing like Philippines, Russia, India, various people messaging me and saying, you know, check out, I would love to promote your book, check out my stuff. It's um, always paying for reviews is what it comes down to. And they'll talk about, oh, they have so many, uh, listen, you know, subscribers or listeners and all this kind of thing. And, you know, and they dress it up as, as promotion. I have, I've never gotten to the point of looking at their actual rates, but it's, I, I end up replying to them or actually I've stopped replying. Uh, that I think it's unethical to pay for reviews. But this is clearly a great little farm business going on out there. And it's it's distressing to me. Uh, Maria Vale commented to me that I think it was last week that I managed to talk about um, corruption and ego in both politics and in writing uh, in the same week. <laughs> So, you know, clearly I do have my themes, um, but, but yeah, it's, um, I know that I'm, I'm a different person that way, 
but that, you know, it's, it's sort of my mantra that I always come back to that, uh, that some things are more important than money. And <clears throat> perhaps this is why I am not wealthy enough to buy a private island, but, uh, the ethical considerations are always most important to me. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pay for reviews and very obviously many authors are. And, you know, it is what it is. And, and I know that some authors feel like they have to, in order to compete, you know, they're like, well, you know, Susie Q author has 500 five-star reviews on her book. And how can I compete with that unless I play the same game? And I don't know a good answer to that, except that um, some things are more important than money. So um, I did get started a little late because I was dorking around with my sticky note and so forth. And I, I don't have, well, I guess I could tell, I'll tell Dorinda on the email that I'm running slightly late. Oh, I can't because, uh, yeah, I can't. So anyway, I think I'll, I'll call it good for today. Um, I do want to talk more about the universal fantasies thing, love, hate, and strong reactions that I talked about on Tuesday. Uh, several of you have given me good comments on that and I do want it to, um, to discuss further, but for now, I think I will call this good for today. Uh, it's definitely working to cover the bottom of the phone so I don't see creepy messages. Why doesn't Instagram let us like decline to show those things? So, oh well. Uh, I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.